Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friend, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. It's December and I am so thankful for all that God has done for us and through us and through you in 2022. It's been a tremendous, tremendous year, like one of these Ephesians 3.20 type of years, and yet so very much looking forward to 2023 to see all that God is going to do. You know, in November, it was awesome. We ministered in Texas, we ministered in Georgia, and then we were over in Norway. What a fabulous trip that was in Norway. We were there for one week over at Connection Church and Tremendous church there, and we did seven services over five days, and it was awesome. Great revelation. Got to meet some wonderful people, saw some great healings and miracles take place. Even got to meet some of our partners that are there in Norway. That was a treat. Speaking of partners, if you are a partner with us, thank you so very much. We couldn't do what we do without you. That's because of you we were able to go do all these conferences overseas, and even within the U.S., we don't charge anything. We actually cover all of our expenses going there so, so that it's not an expense to the church, to the pastor there. Also through our, our partnership with you, it allows us to do book translations. When we went over to Norway, we actually had Walking in the Miraculous was translated into Norwegian. And so those were available. And we're actually working on some other translations. One of our big projects for 2023 is to have the Healing Academy translated and overdub into Spanish. And I'm so excited about that. And we're in the beginning stages of getting that ready. Speaking of the Healing Academy, great news. Module 2 just came out this month. I know it's been a little bit of a wait. There were some delays because of the move to Tampa, Florida. But it is available. So if you finish Module 1 of the Healing Academy, you can head right on over to thehealingacademy.com and you can get started on Module 2. Hey, want to get into our message for today. I want to look at some things. I've been getting some questions about this. It's this issue of long life. You know, I've had the questions come to me that, well, you know, if God is sovereign, do we really have a say in how long we live? And if God is sovereign, and we really don't have a say in how long we live, well, then can we really expect God to heal us? And I've dealt with this to a degree in the past from the standpoint of, you know, many Christians look at death really as their Savior. Now, they would say, oh, Jesus is my Savior. But in reality, if, if you view death as the thing that truly sets you free from sickness and disease, then Jesus really isn't your Savior. Death is. Death is your healer. Death is your Savior. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven or anything like that. You have to understand what I'm saying. Certainly, yes, we all believe in Jesus, those who proclaim to be a Christian, but I'm talking about this mindset that we have when it comes to the curse, when it comes to sickness, when it comes to disease. In many ways, we actually see death as the thing that actually truly sets us free and not just Jesus. But I want to shift things and go look at this one particular piece about long life. Can we truly expect to have long life? Is that something we can believe for? Is that something God wants us to have? Well, 
let's just not take an opinion or perspective on it. Let's see what the Bible actually has to say about it. If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. In Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, God is giving a command here. He's laying out some revelation here for us in regards to the maximum lifespan for mankind. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 says, The Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive for man, for he is also flesh, and yet his day shall be 120 years. Right here in Genesis chapter 6, we're, we're on the other side of the flood, and God puts it out. This is the maximum lifespan for mankind, 120 years. 120 years. So this is God here. Now, if we fast forward to Deuteronomy chapter 31, we get to look at Moses. And Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1, says, Moses went and spoke these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over to this Jordan. You see, remember the story about when God told Moses to speak to that rock? Instead of Moses speaking to the rock to cause water to come out, he struck it twice. Now, many people say the reason Moses hit the rock twice was because he was angry. But actually, if you read it, you find out that Moses didn't believe God concerning his words. You see, God was trying to elevate Moses in understanding his authority concerning his words, but he was also trying to elevate his status among the people of Israel because they had already seen this miracle of water coming out of a rock by hitting it. So God's trying to elevate this thing even more so. But because Moses did not believe him and thus resorted to hitting the rock twice and what he actually trusted in, that rod, God told him, you're not going to take the people into the promised land. So notice this in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Moses tells them, today I'm 120 years old. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 48 says, The Lord spoke to Moses that very same day on his 120th birthday and said, I want you to go up this mountain of the Abram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab across from Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend. Think about this. What a wonderful birthday present. <laughs> God tells Moses, today is your birthday. It's your 120th birthday. Today's the day you die. So I want you to go up this mountain, look out over the horizon, see the land that I'm giving the children of Israel, and then die. But I want you to notice that here we have Moses. Now remember, this is under the Old Covenant. Moses, he is not a Christian per se. He is not born again. He's not filled with God. He's not the righteousness of God in Christ. He's got righteousness on credit. But here's Moses under the Old Covenant, and he lives out his 120 years. And the Bible tells us about Moses that he lived to be 120 years old, he still had his eyesight, and he still had all of his strength. Well, let me ask you a question. How many 60-year-olds, 70, 80-year-olds do you know that still have all their strength and all of their eyesight? And I'm talking about Christians today. Now, I'm, not, I'm not being critical. I'm not bringing condemnation. I'm talking about how is our viewpoint? What's our perspective on life? Because when I go and read things under the Old Testament, and I look at these people like Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Joshua, see what they had available, see what they did. 
and realize that the Bible tells me in Hebrews that I have a better covenant established upon better promises, then I can look at these guys and I can realize, hey, the best of what they had is the least of what's available to me under my, my better covenant. If they could live to be their 120 years, Moses, Moses could live to be as 120 years old and not be sick, still have his strength, still have his eyesight, then why can't I? You see, we have this idea in the world that you turn 40 or 50, you're already over the hill. It's just all downhill from there, baby. And that's why, at least here in America, you know, they have these birthday parties and they'll have the black balloons and they'll have the big banners and signs that says over the hill. And sometimes you'll see wheelchairs and crutches and People think it's funny. They laugh about it. Well, I'm just getting older. I can't tell you how many friends that I've had in the past and, and heard them make a joke. They couldn't remember something and they'd make the statement, well, you know, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s. You know, your mind starts to go a little bit. What in the world are we talking about? That's not for people from heaven. That's people from the earth that should be talking like that. They're stuck to the curse. I'm redeemed from the curse. Sickness and disease doesn't have a hold on me anymore. And if Moses, who was not the righteousness of God in Christ, who was not filled with God, who was not in right standing with God like me, Moses, who was a servant of God, not a child of God like me, if he could live out the fullness of his 120 years and still have his eyesight, still have all his intellectual abilities, still have all of his physical abilities on his 120th birthday, then that's available for me too. So you see, God tell the people in Genesis chapter 6, he says, the man, his days will be 120 years. Moses, he tells the people, today's my 120th birthday. I'm going up to die. And he goes up, climbs a mountain at 120. I mean, think about it. A lot of people get in their 30s, 40s, and 50s and can barely climb up the, the stairs to their house. Barely get out of the car without creaking and, and groaning and moaning. Why is that? Because we've bought into the world's normal. What is normal for the world should not be normal for the people from heaven. But don't take my word on it. It's not just God in Genesis 6. And it's not just Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 32. You see, God give a promise of long life for the people under the old covenant. In Psalm 91, very well-known chapter in the Bible, Psalm 91, verse 16, God says, With long life, I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. I want you to notice two things. Number one, he gives a promise of long life, and then also gives a promise of a satisfied life. And see, all of this was in context of, hey, if you do what I told you to do, these things will happen for you. That's what he's telling me. Those that dwell... Those that abide here, do what I tell you to do. A thousand may fall at one side, 10,000 at another, but it shall not come near you. No evil, no plague, no calamity will come near your tent. Nothing will be able to touch you. And in verse 16 of Psalm 91, he said, With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see, God, it is his will for us to live a long life and not just live a long life, not to be 90, 100, 110 years old, and yet be filled with cancer or you know, lost a limb to diabetes or you can't control your bowels or you can't even remember your name, but you made it to be 100 years old. That's not the will of God. God wants you to live a long life 
and yet also be satisfied with your life while you live that long life. And you're going to see that this is a recurring theme throughout the scripture, and yet this is under the old covenant. And again, remember, Hebrews tells us we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So the old covenant, the promises there, they show us at the very least of what is available for us under the new covenant. So you have God, his declaration in Genesis chapter 6. You have Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and 32. You have the promise of God in Psalm 91. And then let's bring it over into Jesus. In John chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus makes a statement here that you don't really hear many people, if anyone, talking about. Because it's one of these statements that in order for us to believe it and accept it, we have to have a complete shift in our thinking. But the reason we don't talk about this coming up statement is because for many of us, we still view ourselves as a sinner that gets to go to heaven. Look at what Jesus says here in John 10, verse 17. He said, therefore, my father loves me because I lay my life down that I could take it again. Notice verse 18, underline this in your Bible. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Now remember, Jesus, he's doing life as a man. Yes, he is God, but the Bible tells us in Philippians 2, he laid aside those things that gave him an advantage in life. He laid aside his godlike abilities. He humbled himself and came and did life as a man. And everything that we see Jesus say and do, he's doing these things as a man filled with God, anointed by God. And Jesus says, the Father has given me this, that no one can take my life from me. I can lay it down and I can take it back. And he said this as a man, filled and united with God. How come no one's talking about that? Because we don't believe it. We don't even believe that that's possible. But that's why this has just been the statement that's just been stirring on the inside of me for months now. What's possible? When you make Jesus your standard, when you make the Word of God your standard, you have to ask yourself the question, what's possible? Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 17 and 18, nobody can take my life, but I lay it down. In other words, Jesus is saying, I, I'm the one who chooses when I die. Nobody can take my life from me. That's something to really meditate on and think about. You need to chew on that for a while. But let's just go from there. So you have God's declaration in Genesis 6. You see Moses in Deuteronomy. God's promise of long life and satisfied life in Psalm 91. Jesus' statement of a choice with his life in John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. And then you get to Paul in Philippians chapter 1. This is a pretty well-known passage of Scripture, but the people who know it aren't thinking about it and looking at it from the right perspective. Paul makes this statement in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. He said, For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, how many times have you heard that in the past? You've heard people talk about that, preach on that. Verse 22, he said, If I am to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. Well, isn't that interesting? He's talking about choosing life, how long he lives. Verse 23, he said, I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. Paul lets you know 
He's got a choice. And when he goes, he said, I desire to depart and be with Christ. That's going to be better for me. But he said, it's necessary for you that I remain here. In other words, it's profitable for Paul to go on to be with Jesus, but it was more profitable for the people for Paul to stay here. So he said, I'm making a decision. I'm going to stay here a little bit longer. How come no one's talking about that? We talk about how it's better to go and be with Jesus, but no one's talking about what he said in context of, hey, I've got a choice. So if that isn't enough, then think about this. If it isn't God's will for us to live a long life, then why would God give us instructions on how to live a long life? Let's go back under the old covenant and look at what he says. Remember I told you, if there is a truth in the word of God, you're going to find it in more than one place. Jesus said, by the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I like saying it like this. By the mouth of two or three scriptures shall every doctrine be established. If there's a truth, there's a reality God's trying to get across to you, you're going to find it more than just one or two times. You're not going to have to take a piece of a scripture here and a piece of a scripture there and put it all together to try to make it look and sound like what you're saying is true. No, you can let the Bible speak for itself. And I hope that you're seeing here. I mean, we've seen it with Moses. We've seen it with Jesus. We've seen it with Paul. We've seen God's actual words come forth from his mouth about this. But look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, God actually gives instructions to the Israelites on how to live a long life. Verse 1, he said, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them would fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you Notice this phrase, so that you may enjoy long life. So notice he doesn't want you to just live a long life. He wants you to enjoy a long life too. And not only there in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he also gives instructions in 1 Kings chapter 3 to Solomon. He said, Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David, your father, did, I will give you a long life. Now, look at this. Here we are again. God's not only giving instructions on how to live a long life. He's also giving instructions that you would enjoy a long life. See, this goes right along with Psalm 91. Not that you would just live a long life, but you would be satisfied in living that long life. He's talking about not only living a long life, but having a long life filled with health and a long life filled with wealth as well. Then you can go to Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 15 and 16. These are the words of Solomon. And he says in verse 15, talking about wisdom, talking about God's word, she's more precious than rubies. Nothing you can desire can compare with her. Notice verse 16, long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Solomon, who was considered and called by God, stated that he was the wisest man to ever live, at least until Jesus came. And the wisest man, the one whom God gave a tremendous amount of wisdom, said, if you will adhere to the word, if you adhere to the wisdom of God, it will give you riches, it will give you honor, and it will give you long life. Well, you can't have a long life without having health. I mean, think about it. You can't live a long life if your body's filled with cancer. You can't live to be 100, 
120 and fulfill your days if you're sick and full of disease. No, it's health and wealth. This is what Solomon, the wisest man to live under the Old Testament, said. Long life is in her right hand and left hand are riches and honor. Again, here is this piece of long life and being satisfied with that long life while you live it. Well, then we come over into the New Testament and look at some instructions that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. And you've all heard this. He said, honor your father and your mother. We've all heard that. But let's go on to the, the latter part of what he says with this. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? Verse 3, that it would go well with you and that you would enjoy long life on the earth. Why was Paul saying well, you should honor your father and your mother? Well, not only is it the right thing to do, but it also is a command with a promise. And that promise is so that life would go well with you and you would enjoy a long life where? On the earth. Friend, I'm telling you, it is the will of God that you not live to just be 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. 60 is not old. 70 or 80 is not old. He said the lifespan of man is 120. Now, I mean, if you get to be 80, 90 years old and, and you're tired and you're ready to go on and be with the Lord, well, then go on. But don't think just because you got 50 or 60, you're, you're at the, the tail end of your life. I mean, I remember Lacey and Jake and I, we were, we were at the store just a few days ago and we were talking to the owner of this store and he was in his late 50s and, and he was acting like it was almost his time to die. Now, the guy wasn't sick or anything like that, but he was having a hard time getting around and having a hard time picking stuff up and his comment was this, his excuse was this, well, you know, I'm almost 60. And... I didn't say anything. I just kind of shook my head and just thought on the inside, my goodness, how far, how far down the rabbit hole have you gone with this thing? I mean, this is ridiculous. But again, that's the normal for the world. Then the, the worst part is that the church is bought into that. And so that's why you have people in the church believing that you don't have a say. They, they believe the church will tell you. Not everyone, but the vast majority of Christians will tell you God has your day that you have to die marked in his calendar. Well, if God has chosen the day that you're going to die, then why would he tell you how to enjoy and live a longer life? Why would he tell you how to prolong your life? Now, does God know the day that you are going to die and go to be with him? Absolutely. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything. But because we see right here that Paul believed he has a choice, because Jesus believed he had a choice. Because God gives us instructions. He gave instructions to the Israelites. He gave instructions to Solomon. He gave instructions to us on how to prolong our days. You can't tell me that God has chosen the day that I die and I have no say in it. And at the same time, look at these scriptures, instructions that he gave to the Israelites, Solomon, and us on how to actually prolong our days. So again, does God know the day that you're going to die? Yes. But he, has he etched it in stone as the day that you have to die? No. The day that he has put down, oh, this is good. Think about it. The day that God has marked down is the day that he knows that you chose. Let me say that one more time. The day that you die, God has already marked that down. He knows it. But it's the day that he knows that you have chosen for yourself.
think about that. Well, I trust that that encouraged you. I also trust that it made you to think. I want you to be thinking on these things if much. Take these scriptures that we went through, write them down, meditate on them, and let them become a part of you, and then not just become a part of you. Let these scriptures be the thing that propels you into advancing and going forward. Speaking of advance, go ahead and mark your calendars, put it in your phone for the Advance Conference taking place right here in Tampa, Florida, June 1st and June 2nd. I would encourage you to come on out. It's going to be great. Lacey and I are going to be here. We're going to be doing three services on June 1st and June 2nd. Going to be some great revelation, great manifestations, people from all over the world coming in. It's going to be awesome. Remembering Christ, we always win. We're so thankful for you and being on this journey with us and advancing in the things of God. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful month, and we'll see you next month for another episode of the Supernatural Live podcast.